I think I'd say what we always say to everybody is just start at the beginning. That's usually the easiest thing to do, right? Just start at the beginning of the process and yep. pick one thing to work on and work on that first and get it done and then move on to the next, right? There's mm-hmm. probably things in each of these buckets you need to work on. Cool. Like you'll get to that in time. But if you work on things out of order, you're going to get a, like your result is going to be out of order or it's not going to be the best result possible. Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as tradespeople, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question really is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm going to show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life. All right, everybody, welcome to another No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. We are on part three with my man, Rockstar, uh, head of our sales here at Prof for Contractors, um, Liam Morin and uh, Liam Rory Morin. And uh, we're going to be getting into uh, this three-part series. So I'll, you know, we'll kick things off, Liam. We'll reflect on the past podcasts uh, on what those other parts were just really quickly. But uh, tell us, man, how are you doing today? Doing great. And yeah, if you didn't listen... How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you doing? Um, If you didn't listen to the last episode, guys, go back, rate, give it a listen, do yourself a favor so you're getting the most out of this podcast. Um, And again, there's going to be some stuff that's probably going to hit home on there. Um, And yeah, then we can kind of make sure you guys are getting the best out of this one um, before we go even further, maybe do a part three. So go re-listen to that. And yeah, basically, you know, we covered just again, like what is the process of like someone coming in as a lead? How do we handle that lead? How do we close them, right? How do we follow up with um, How do we make sure we're scheduling things properly? Again, really well, like we got our, this model, right? Yeah. We got this model we went through. So tell them just re- reflect quickly on this model. Like what the hell is this lead flow, deal flow, workflow if, if this is their first time listening in? Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, basically, you know, sales starts, right? But it's, it, it's someone calling you or you're getting an inquiry or whatever it is. But it's a whole process, right? From that to the job being done and getting paid. And in between that, there's a, there's a ton of things that happen, right? A sales not a sale until the money's in the bank, right? So from getting that lead to getting paid, <clears throat> what is happening, right? Well, obviously there's a bunch of stuff happening, right? We're taking in the lead, we're doing a quote, right? We're scheduling a job, we're doing the project, right? We're getting the payment, all these things. And what's happening at each like sub point within those, right? In our process and is our system set up for success? And because again, guys, a lot of us might say, hey, I need more leads, right? But really the question is, hey, do you need more leads or do you need to get better at converting the leads? Or do you need to get better at pricing the leads? Or do you need to get better at upselling the leads? Or do you need to get better at just getting back to the leads, right? Like, where is the breakdown? And for most people that we talk to, you know, what we find, guys, is generally, again, with everything, especially with with, with, with sales and marketing and pricing and everything, like, less is more, right? The less you guys have to do, less people you have to talk to, the less jobs you have to schedule, right? The more money you can make and the more time you have back to live your life and have your profits pay for your freedom. So at the end of the day, right, I think we all want to do more with less, right? So let's let's get into that because the workflow component is the and, biggest and, part. And you know, let, let, let's get let's get into that. Right? We're going to get into the workflow with me just leaving off with this. I want to math. I love bringing it back to data because I want everybody to understand that this is if you want to make the right decisions in your contracting business. I don't give a shit if it's sales. I don't care if it's project management. I don't care if it's hiring. If you don't make decisions based upon data, then you're making decisions based upon being dumb. It's either yeah, you're you know, data smart or, yeah. or dumb, right? Yeah, or you're so yeah, totally. It, yeah, so here, here's an example, guys, right? Back to what Liam's saying. Let's put just quick math to it, and then we're going to talk about this baby right here called workflow, okay, that I just circled. And if you, you know, uh, again, go back to the other ones. If, if you're like, you know, start at the beginning of this process as much as you can on this podcast. And um, here, here's an example. Say, for example, you've got simply you know, stated, you've got 10 leads, okay? You got 10 leads that, are, that have come in, right? You know, guys, you could bust your ass and quote all 10 of them, okay? But your conversion rate is only 20%. So you land two jobs, 
or you fucking filter out five of them, focus in on the five and convert, right? So that you get three or four of them. Like which one's the best approach? Plus the ones that you're going to be getting because you filtered better are probably going to be class A clients that you want to work with. So guess what? What Liam is talking about, guys, is not bullshit. Hence the No Bullshit Podcast. If in that exact situation, you're literally working less, quoting less, and you're literally getting more. Right, bro? Yeah, and like it's funny, it's so funny how everything is so congruent. Because yesterday, uh, <clears throat> I was talking to a guy, and he said he, he said he wanted to do yeah, a, a contractor, right? Contractor, yeah. I'm not going to name or anything. Yeah. But he said, general contractor, yeah. right? And he's like, yeah, I want to I join your program. And then we then we had a follow up, and he goes, yeah, there's you know there's a a local consultant that's working with my family, and they're going to coach us for free. I said, cool, man, that's awesome. You know, are they are they successful? He goes, yeah, they you know they work with a local asphalt company. They took them from like a million to three million sales in like a year or two. I said, wow, amazing. That's great growth. I said, just curious, right? What was the profit increase on, on that? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, did, did they make any money on that on that three million? Were they making any money before? Did their profits go up? Did their profits stay the same? I'm just curious. He goes, oh, I don't know. I go, well, you should probably ask them. Isn't that important? And he goes, yeah, like, yeah, totally. You know, I heard Andrew talking about on the podcast how, you know, dropping your prices, right, kills you and how markup's important. I said, yeah. I said, you know, they may have done three million at 10%, right? But maybe, you know, using our systems or other coaches, right, you could do 2 million at 20, make more money, right? And you do a third less work, which is, which is better for you at the end of the day. Oh, man, totally. I'd rather do 2 million and make cool. 400 than do, you know, 3 million and make 300,000. So again, this, you know, a lot of, even a lot of coaches, right? We see this guys in our space, especially, like a lot of people who coach contractors or claim to be coaches for contractors or experts, all they ever really mainly talk about is sales and growth. Right? Yeah, we're gonna 10x your sales, and we're gonna you know, build you a sales team. We're gonna get you all these customers, right? But then, guys, that's just you have a whole new set of problems, right? And why, Andrew? Why do people? Why is it that, that that a metric? Why is that a thing that people like to like to like offer and market it and you know consult the contractors on? Why is it? Why is it sexy to talk about sales like that? Are you asking me? Yeah, just, yeah. Why do you think? Right, those guys. Yeah, pitch, yeah. Pitch I, all I that. think we, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because uh, sales is simple. Okay. Uh, in every contractor, every every one of you guys listening in, I have a funny suspicion you you are more tuned in with your sales numbers because that's just what you know. It's like, in other words, if we were to look at this like a fucking iceberg, you know, this iceberg, this massive iceberg. You guys have seen this on t- you know National Geographic or whatever. Right? You got this fucking iceberg. Guys driving along in the fucking boat. Liam's like, where's Andrew going with this? But anyways, guys driving along with the boat. All you see is this, is this crest of fucking ice. It's maybe two feet above the water. And they're like, oh, man, look at that ice over there. Meanwhile, below the fucking water is like, you know, 100 feet of ice. Okay? That's the same as how sales are looked upon. We, we just look at the surface. They get down into what's profitable. They get down into the structure of like, if I'm landing these $3 million in sales, how, what kind of people do I need? How do I systemize that? They're like, oh my God, oh my God. Well, yeah, that's because that's the fucking shit that most people don't understand, okay? Most people can only talk about sales because that's all that they can talk about. It's the simple metric, yeah. Right, it's the simple language, right, bro? Right, and I think what it really is, Andrew, is that most people are actually scared and don't want to talk about the other stuff because they know they don't, that's where they're weak. And they right, know of all dude, the work exactly. they're going to have to do, right? Exactly. And it's like, that's and the thing. Yeah, if, you, if, you wake, if you, you know, were to wake up most contractors like at 4 a.m. in the morning in their bed and you woke them up, okay, how much work do you have booked like for the next three months, how much sales? Like pretty much every one of them can answer it, right? Yep. But if you wake up most contractors at 4 a.m. and you say, hey, that three months of work you have booked? Yeah, cool. What's your net profit going to be on that? How much cash flow do you need to support that? Right? Totally. Dude, it's so, it's so true. Okay, so let's like what, let's feather from that yeah. analogy right into our baby called workflow, which is as an example. Like, if you woke him up at four o'clock in the morning, you go, "Hey, brother, what's your plan? Um, <laughs> are, are 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 your jobs progressing to profit? Yeah. What? Well, how's your workflow? What do you mean? Uh uh uh. So let's get it get into that today, okay, guys? So remember, if all if all that somebody is supporting you with is just your sales number. And that, and I'm referring to you. In other words, if you're, if that's the only thing that you're looking at and you're proud about, you know, when a fellow contractor goes, "Hey, man, how's it going?" You go, "Yeah, I landed a shitload more work." And nobody can talk about profits. You sure as hell better get to a different level of thinking. Which brings us real quick to Liam. Let's talk about Einstein's level of thinking. What would he look? What would he look at regarding problems? <laughs> the famous line. <laughs> mm, what's the famous line? I, I don't want to butcher it because I always butcher it. Say it. You say it again because it's the, the thinking okay. that creating so, the problems is not the same thing as going to solve them. 
Something right. That effect, the right? level of thinking yeah. that created the problems will not be solved with the same level of thinking. You're like, what? Yeah. So whatever fucking problems got created in your business right now today as you're listening in, whatever problems are existent in your business right now today, okay, they cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created the problem. Otherwise, guess what? You'll never solve the fucking problem. So today, we want to get your level of thinking to the next level. And let's talk about workflow. So we talked about bringing in leads, bingo. We talked about landing them, great, everything's done. No, man, now is where this is where it can go off the This is where we make or, or lose all where... the money, right? Like, let's be honest, right. guys. This is where the rubber meets the what? The road. This is where we actually get into yeah, it. Yeah, right? baby. Yeah. Let's let's guys, so we've done all with... this work, right? We've we've put all this time and effort into like to, to, to market and sell and land these customers, right? And time, right? Mm. And then only for a lot of contractors to turn around and ignore the workflow systemization part and all that hard work ends up again usually just being for naught, right? So let, let's break this down for the, for the audience here, yeah. okay? Like, guys, uh, when, I, when, I, when I say I'm dumbing it down, uh, I think I'm like, we're trying to make it simple, okay? Dumbing it down doesn't mean like we're dumb. It just means that we're we want to make it, it so simple. Yeah, like I used to say this a long time ago. Remember, Liam, when I was doing, um, uh, you know, on stage and shit like that, and I used to go, hey, man, if my 13-year-old son or my, mm-hmm. whatever, my 13-year-old daughter can't understand this and explain it back to me, well, then it's too complex, it's right. not it's not broken down enough. so tell us a little bit about this right here work and flow yeah i think that the first place we have to start this is where again where things just like the pre-start right guys this is where basically your job is going to be either set up for success or not and where it's going to go off the rails so if you're the owner you're doing the sales okay you're and then passing it to your team or you're still kind of involved with the project um or maybe even you have salespeople, but for most of us that's not the case so we're just going to assume it's it's the first. This is the biggest breakdown, okay? Is you go, you sell this job, you quote it. And when you hand the job off to your team, right? There's no, or maybe there's a lack of, maybe you're currently not, clearly defining like the project scope, right? What are all the details? What are the customer's expectations? And then also involving the customer in that handoff. So if you're gonna sell the job, you're gonna sell this customer on this vision for this project. And then you're not gonna do a warm handoff to your team, right, as to who the main point of contact is, how the job's gonna go, right, then you're just, you're already, again, setting yourself up for failure, right? So there's all these things in our head, maybe things we promise the customer, you know, small details in the job, whatever it is, but these are things we have to communicate to our team and to the customer and for them to both know how communication is gonna go during this project because you're gonna be busy selling other jobs, right, doing other things in the business, working on the business, and if you don't do this, then you're gonna get sucked into working in it, which is like taking a million phone calls from the client. Why is the countertop on the back of the deck? What's going on here? I thought the guys were gonna do this today. When's nutrition coming, right? Like how many of us yep. can relate to that, right? <laughs> yep, totally. So so what, tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about like the importance of this handoff. I know the next thing that we're gonna talk about, and by the way, if you're watching this right now, you can see uh, that I'm, I'm drawing sort of like a, a flow diagram, okay? So we're starting off, the very first thing is the handoff, right, from sales to production, yep. uh, out to the crews, right, yep. whatever, out to the office. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll like lead one ahead so that you guys know where we're going with this. Next one we're going to talk about is, you know, how do the customers get commu- communicated to, okay? So that's going to be number two in this flow diagram. Um, if you're not seeing the diagram, totally cool. Just follow along, okay? We'll try and break this down as simple as possible. So the first thing is the handoff. So, like, what are the things, people think about handoff, right away they're going to be thinking about the customer, but in reality, it's the first handoff is the handoff between the salesperson and the fucking team internally, right? This right. is an internal totally. handoff. Right, so, like, yeah, again, right. this, this is the perfect thing to be, you know, going over, bringing up, right, at your weekly meetings before the job starts, right? So, hey, guys, you know, mm-hmm. we have this job starting next week, right? I want to go through the scope. I want to go through timelines. You know, who's going to order materials, right? Where the bin's going to go, like, right? Again, guys, if you're waiting yeah. until the day of, like, it's too late. You're already, you've already lost, right? Like, <laughs> So what are some of these things that needs to be handed off between the sales? What do you see? What do you see not getting handed off between the sales team and um, and production? I mean, for a lot of us, it's probably going to be more on like the like the continuing sales or change order process. So what I advise most people to do is just let the customer and the team know that like, hey, if we're going to change the scope of the project, you want to add things, 
we're going to talk about budget, you're going to come to me directly, right? Not the team. Because that's not... So that's, rules of the game. Yeah, rules of the game, right? Rules of engagement, right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to add one, yeah. okay? Guys, ready for this? Like, I used to sell big projects, okay? Uh, Liam used to sell big projects. I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't have a system whereby it's being documented how that person sees it, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit electrical here. If I'm in this building right now, like there's this brick wall behind me, okay? And one guy goes, the sales guy goes and says, oh, yeah, man, you can just run right through that drywall, go through the next wall with a two-inch piece of rigid, you know, off there, put a junction box, blah, 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 and that's how the job is quoted, okay? The freaking electrician, the project manager comes walking out to the job site, right? Sales guy hasn't properly done his job in, 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 in communicating it, and the... Project manager decides, well, I'm just going to go through the brick wall and then make a right-hand turn. Trust me, all of you listening, whether you're an electrician or not, you know that second option is going to take a shitload more fucking time. Right. Maybe maybe it was communicated between the, uh, the client and the, and the salesperson. Whatever you do, don't damage that old historic wall because it's by the city. If we fucking break that down, we're going to be shut down. And the project manager goes and takes it. He's all, he has the right intention. And what happens? Liam, fucking projects get closed down. The fucking hours go through the fucking roof. The fucking client oh, yeah. is uh, upset. And the project manager had the full intention of like, no, I'm going through this wall because it's, because it's the easier in my way, mind, right? Yeah. It's the better way for the, whatever, right? It's the preferred option, right? Right. So, 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 you know, you want to make sure I'm putting a little symbol here. You want to make sure that the, the set of eyes. Those are supposed to be eyes, Liam. Okay, bad by a dry. And, and, and this is another the, another huge thing here too, guys. Like this, this is where like everything, everything that can go wrong on a job will go wrong, and yes. everything that you do at the start of the job properly helps you at every stage of the job. If there are other issues, right? if you get off on the bad foot with the client, you start the experience poorly. You're now behind the eight ball. So when there are issues, and you're gonna have to ask them for more money. Because things take longer because you knock down a wall and you discover there's knob and tube and you weren't expecting that or there's asbestos, right? Exactly. Is that customer totally. more or less likely to trust you and give you money, right? Right? When you have to go get your first installment for your payment, right? When you're getting your deposit. Like, guys, everything, the customer's entire experience is framed around everything you've done up until this point and then this point, right? And people only know what they know up in like the new normal. So this is, this is again what they're experiencing and they have no no reason to think otherwise, right? Because this is maybe what you have or haven't given them. So guys, this is where, again, you can set yourself up for success to look like the hero to your client. But hey, we have a process, right? You're gonna be talking to the project manager during the day. He's gonna be your main point of contact. He's gonna update you. We're gonna send you photos. All these different things we can do, right? With technology now, like Andrew was talking about in a lot of the podcasts. And again, we can only be as owners in so many places so many times, right? And, and really, if the value we bring is business development and ROI and sales, then if we're getting stuck in the in the day to day, right, bogged down with this stuff, then this is taking literally time and money away from us growing our business. Totally, guys. So, so one of the ways, how how do they go about doing that though? Like, how do I? Well, you said it, right? You've got to have a system. We have we have done for it could be whiteboards, you know, guys. It could be like as right, you know, right. we have done for you systems at PFC, and we can tell you what best technology to use. There's a million ways we can help you with that. But at the end of the day, if you're just getting started, like just get a whiteboard, right? Get an Excel sheet going with your team. A word doc. I don't totally care. Do. Right? Like just every excuse you can make not to do this, you will find. Right? Yeah. You can find and a million I, reasons I, I not think, to do this. <laughs> totally. I think I think one of the core foundational things, guys, and I bring this back to the very first podcast we did on this topic on part one is really take a step back and take ownership. I mean, yes. you're an owner, but you have to own your ship. Take ownership in this process and say to yourself, like, where have things gone wrong? In the right? past. Yeah. Um yeah, in the past. And look at those symptoms and identify like what really has been the problem, right? And by the way, you get this fucking wrong. I'm going to tell you this right now. Every other part that we cover off in these other five yeah. pieces, okay, it's a it's a negative domino effect, okay? It exactly. is like it you are setting up every other piece of this for failure, okay? Yeah. yeah. So this handoff 
is super crucial. It actually starts in defining the handoff process, actually starts at the beginning of the sales process. It begins at the beginning of the marketing process, you know, and again, that's why we have different phases of this, right guys? Okay, so handoff is key. Rules of the game between the salesperson, those are supposed to be three sets of eyes, okay? So that we're literally all looking at the same page, not fucking different pages, right? right? Yeah. Between the sales, the client, and the project manager. Now, we've got that nailed, okay? So we've handed it off to the project manager. He's got all the information. He understands the hours, the labor, the material, where the material is coming from, you know, the rules of the game. Is it historical building? Is it, uh, you know, you got to yeah. be out of there on Fridays because the kids are showing up? I don't fucking know, okay? Um, uh, now we're going to talk about client communication. So talk to us about this being the second phase. So I think for a lot where of do people, yeah. where, where do things go wrong in this, bro? It's simple. It's either people either over communicate or under communicate. It's like mm. <laughs> there's very little middle ground, unfortunately. So if you're, you know, in the previous half passing this off, right, or there's a, there's a handoff, there's a transition, there's an ownership to somebody else, you have to let that person run with it, right? So if you're communicating with the client and you're not informing your PM, right, we're going to get cross wires. If you're letting your client constantly call you when you set like the rules, right, you then have to hold them accountable. Hey, listen, you know, I'm not on site. I can't answer these questions. You know, Dave's the PM, um, he's your best point of contact. If there's a really big issue, you know, we can sort it out, but I prefer if you talk to him, right? Again, what is your time worth, guys, right? And, and at the end of the day, if you're not there on site, how could you possibly know what's going on versus your, your team who's on site? Like who actually knows what's really happening on the job? They do, mm. right? So your client needs to understand that and vice versa, your team needs to understand how they communicate with the client, right? What are they so allowed true. to talk about, you know? So true. Like, guys, think about this for a second. Um, I'm not saying that this is how you should have it done. We would sort of advise here, proper contractors, your structure should be that you let sales make the sales decisions and you let the project management make project management decisions. Mm-hmm. That means if there's going to be a change, a change order, if there's going to be a, you know, a, a, a you know, any change that's going to change the, the cost or the price of that original quote, make sure that the sales people are involved, mm-hmm. okay? Um, make sure that there's a communication properly to go, hey, Mr. Client, here's what you talk to me about as a project manager. Here's what you don't talk to me about as a project mm-hmm. manager. And I will direct you to the right people within the company so that you can, we can be, have the right people making the right decisions versus, right? Project managers typically do this, right? Yeah. They're, they're all after trying to get the job done. They're trying to manage the project. They're yeah. trying to make the client happy as well. Client goes, hey, man, can you move that plug for me? What do they typically say, Liam? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll, yeah, we'll get it done. <laughs> Cha-ching. There's, yeah. there's, the, there's the cash register opening and the money being pulled out of your profit, like your profit literally being stolen from you. Not even intentionally, mm-hmm. right? Unintentionally. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that, that doesn't happen, eh, guys? Does that happen? I think it happens a lot. So um, what other parts of communication outside change orders, you know, um, roles and really what we just talked about was roles and responsibilities, right? You're explaining to the client the roles and responsibilities of the various different people, right? Maybe it's like, hey, for anything like this, you, you know, get in touch with Jim or Audrey in the office and they will boom, right? Yeah. Or, or again, anything maybe, else? Maybe you have a really simple process. Like it's under $500 right? Then the PM can approve it and do it. If it's over, then it goes to you or sales, right? Like simple, simple thing, right? And let the client know that before the job starts, right? Um, and things like, again, what, what, what can be discussed, right? Like your clients don't need to know about markup or pricing, right? Hey, like, yeah, you know, you know, Dave, like, you know, Andrew said that, um, you know, the, the flooring was this much, but I found it for like at Home Depot for like 30% cheaper. I want to use that, right? Like, oh my God, dude. you know, <laughs> all the fucking time, right? Right. Yeah. All yeah. Or time. like, you know, do we need to really do that? Can't we just like, you know, do we really need to get a plumber in for that? Like, can't you just do that? You know, totally. Well, here's why we. Okay, so let's talk about. Right. <laughs> let's talk about here. Like everybody listening, in, you're probably sitting there going, "Holy shit, that is hap- That just happened to me yesterday. That just happened to me as I'm driving along here, right? And then, and then, you know, um, not only we're going to get into the importance of of the details of change orders, but guys, understand that it's so critical that each of your employees understands their, uh, I'm not gonna segue too much, but I'm just gonna say, I call it the three R's, write this baby down, right? They need to know what their role is. They need to know what results. Totally. Okay, they're responsible for, and they need to know what the rules of the game are. If your own employees don't know that, trust me, your clients will make it up for you. Yeah, they'll take advantage of it. And not even intentionally sometimes, right? Just 
you know, just what happens, right? It is totally what happens. It's not right? Okay, always, so right? let's talk yeah. about. It's like just it exactly. <laughs> so we're looking at we're looking at these change orders. Okay, what are some of the things that we got to be? What happens with, like we talked about some of this, but what are the details that need to go need to be considered regarding change orders as far as the process? Um, and we talked about upsells as well, right? Yeah. So guys, we're still talking sales. Yeah. Like listen. You're always with your with your business, really, like especially with this kind of stuff in your sales process, like the best offense is a good defense, okay? So really your change order process is something you should have documented and communicated to the customer during the sales and quoting process. It should be in your contract, mm -hmm. right? This should be something we're constantly reiterating to the customer, okay? Because again, it's not fair to us to A, surprise them with it, or B, right, have to get into a negotiation with them. That's the last thing we want, right? So we want them going into the project to know, hey, this is how we handle change orders, right? It's not an if, it's a when, right? We're always gonna have a couple on a project. This is how we build them. This is how they get billed, right? You're gonna sign off yep. on, if they're over $500, for example, you sign off on them under, right? We just we just add them and we'll invoice you and, and we'll separate it on the invoice. Okay, cool. Here's who's allowed to do it, right? Here's the process. And again, like this is something that we should be really, like Andrew said, making part of our presentation for us, our sales process and including in our contract. And then when it comes to like, we're actually in the work, we're doing the project. Um, this is again, where we can either make a lot of money, right? Or we can either lose a lot of money. Exchange orders, generally we can actually get a much higher markup, right? Because it's a smaller dollar value. So we can actually make more profit proportionally uh, on these, okay? So these are really good for our profit or our cash flow on our job. But also it could be a debt sentence, like Andrew said, because it's, it's equally inversely proportional to negatively reducing our profits if we don't, if we don't bill for them, okay? So the first thing I would say, guys, the simplest thing to do, like Andrew said, is the hierarchy of communication. So when there's a change order, right, who is owning the decision of to approve it or not, right? Yep. Is it you? Is it the project manager? Is it the customer? It probably shouldn't be the customer, <laughs> right? Who's owning it, right? And who's communicating it? And what's the system to, to make sure it's documented, okay? Because the last thing we want to do, guys, and I've... I don't even know how many jobs I did this and how much money I lost on it and how many, you know, almost fist fights I got into where I agreed to a bunch of change orders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll add it all up, right? Didn't document it, didn't 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 invoice it, didn't systemize it, got to the end of the job, and what what was a forty thousand dollar job was now a seventy thousand dollar job, and I had a pissed off customer going, like, what the hell? I'm not paying that, I don't have that money, right? And then me going, but I've already paid my guys, and I've already paid the materials. And now I'm fighting Dude. to get paid for what's rightfully mine, right? Which is like the worst feeling in the world. And I don't care how you're, good you're, of a salesman you are. You can be the best salesman in the world. That's a very hard position to, to get yourself out of. Yeah, and I, I got to say, one of the biggest things is what Liam is, uh, you know, um, talking to. He, he, he said it just a second ago. I want to just catch you on is that you didn't know. And what's my point? We don't realize, guys, uh, the impact of this thing called change orders in so many different ways, okay? It is so many things in business. Um, it's it's the curse and it's the gift. Yeah, exactly. What do I mean? Blessing and the curse. The curse is that, yeah, the curse is that something negative creates a series of negative results, okay? Um, you know, like uh, the reality is that you're either getting a tap on the shoulder right now to go, I got to do things differently, uh, you're going to get hit by, in the back of the head with a fucking two by four. You're going to get ran over by a transport truck. I don't know. I don't know which one that you're going to go. Holy shit. I, I'm realizing that I got to make some major changes. Okay. On the flip side, it's realizing that, hey, man, I made this small little change. And all of a sudden you have a positive change and, a, and then a massive freaking change in profitability and control. Because look, at here's some of the things you don't realize. You don't realize how these small things have a massive impact on how much more sales you have to go and sell. Exactly. Okay. We touched on it, I think, in the last one or the first one where we talked about, you know, somebody that loses 10K over a span of multiple projects or even one project, they're only making 10% net profit. They'd have to go sell $100,000 of work just to cover that 10K. What you don't realize is that 50 bucks here, half an hour there, all the rest of it, it's not just about how much sales you have to make to cover those expenses. What about the project manager? Like, do, do, if I was to go and interview and Liam was to interview project managers, and maybe you are the project manager. So grab a mirror if that's you, and you ask them like, does it always feel like you're it's it, like you're never on top of things? And they go, yes. Does it always feel like you never have enough time? Yes. Does it always it's like, feel it's like, like an infomercial, like, Andrew? Right? 
Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, tired of yeah. getting up in the middle of the night to go pee, exactly. right? It's like, exactly. you know, it's like, yeah. What's, a, what's <laughs> that? Hairspray, right? Yeah. I like the product so much, I bought it, right? <laughs> I bought, I bought the company, right? The guy with the bald head, yeah, right? Yeah, spraying it on. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Spray it on. So, guys, seriously, think about the pressure you put on yourself or on your project managers, okay, or the guys running the jobs. When, when, by, when they go to start the next job, they're already behind the eight ball in the sense that the clients are pissed off, right? Because you didn't start the job when you wanted to start it, right? And and a lot of that is attributed not just to maybe how the job was not improperly quoted, but how it was how it was improperly ran. One little change order now extends in that very second. It's crazy that they start doing. Yes, it extends beyond the what's called the scope of work. Yes, we're talking trading language here, people. But okay? let's talk about the sales aspect, these, though. Like it's so critical because. Now, that job is going to get delayed or it's going to take longer. Yes. Then you have jobs you've already sold. You have to push back, right? So now as a salesperson, again, you're behind the eight ball because you've got to go back to those other customers who you've already sold and go, hey, man, like, I'm sorry, we're going to start in three weeks. Why? Oh, the job we're on, like, it's, there's a bunch of stuff and it's taking longer. And again, now you failed as in your job in sales, which is, again, to, to provide the customer a great service. I'm going to give a massive eye opener and I've never talked about this. Okay, ready for this one? Yeah. And it is directly related to this whole sales process, guys, because if the rules of the game aren't established and if your project managers don't realize the, the importance of these change orders and you don't realize the importance of this change order, something like this might happen. Fuck Liam. Uh, say I'm the business owner right, of this contracting. It's a Houston contracting, right? Houston automation yeah. back in the day. Liam. Uh, you're my HR person or you're the person in the office or whatever. We're working together with this, you know, Houston automation. Yeah. It's like, Liam, we've got to go hire like two two more guys in three weeks Why? Uh, just to get caught up. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're fucking hiring the three guys. They're not making you any money because you're, hiring you're actually having to hire. Yeah. Yes, because you're having to hire the three guys because you're being reactive to the delays of the of the current job that should have been done fucking two weeks ago. And so now you're hiring people. The fucking band-aid, the symptom it's like, that yeah. you don't, yes. It's and then so it's nice. like, holy yeah. shit, if you expand it over the year, you, you might have hired one, two, three, four, five guys at different times when you didn't really need more people. You should have solved the problem of putting the proper systems in place, sales process in place, so when a change order happens that the customers and you realize, and by the way, I'm going to say this, there are times in my business, guys, my automation business there's times with our with our clients where we've coached them through the reality of this you need to have a system for how to respond to the change orders it's okay to say to a client i'm sorry i can't do that right now because the timeline that we set out for you was two weeks now mrs or mrs jones i'm not saying that we're not going to do it but we can't do it right now now i can fit you in in a month from now when we have an opening so now what's happening you're getting more work you're communicating better. You're getting more profits. You're not having to hire fucking two more, three more guys. And you're staying on point to what? Target. Profitability yeah. and target, right? Beautiful. Okay, guys, if that didn't hit home, seriously, this probably isn't the right podcast for you. But honest to God, you guys got to get yeah. this thing nailed. So and, and we guys, talked about like, handoff. It's so critical. Go ahead. It's just so, it's just like so critical because we have to be okay as contractors and as salespeople. Again, for most people listening to this podcast, like you are the salesperson and you are the contractor. You might even also be the PM, okay? Yep. You're, wearing, you're probably wearing all the hats and that's why you're right. listening to this podcast. So that's why you, maybe you booked in for a chat with us or you're coming to one of our webinars. You have to learn, yeah, like Andrew said, like the power of the word no. And probably one of the most powerful things you can learn as a salesperson is no. Because yep. at the end of the day, guys, all we have is our process. And if you follow your process and you go, you know what, like I followed my process and I stuck to my guns and I did what I know I'm supposed to do, then the outcome is at the end of the day kind of irrelevant. It's about, again, it's about not getting attached emotionally and about following your process. And then if you do that, you can be confident, again, to learn to say no, right? And this is like probably the most powerful thing you can learn as a contractor. Say no to, again, bad team members, say no to the client. Because then again, it's just more time and more energy to put into things that are you know, say yes to success, right? To say yes to profitability, right? So don't feel like you have to please everybody. Like you have to be all things, all people. That's like, that's the hallmark of a terrible salesperson, right? They're mm. trying to please everybody, right? They're trying to let everybody, mm -hmm. you know, into the, into, into the company. They're trying to do every type of work, right? Oh, we can do that. Like, yeah, yeah totally. I can sell you that. I can do that, right? Yeah, oh, oh, I can probably find a guy to do the eavesdrops. Well, or, like, again, like you're just, you're just 
letting people down, right? You're <laughs> you're over promising and under delivering, right? This is probably absolutely. This is guys. why contractors, absolutely. honestly, guys, have such a bad reputation in so many places, in so many markets, because they over promise and they under deliver, and they have really poor communication, right? And then, luckily though, that's an advantage for us because if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're already in the top five percent of contractors, and again, it's it just makes our job easier, right? It's easier to outsell them. It's easier to sell at a higher price. Sorry, right? so hold, hold, pause, pause. Why do you say they're in the top 5% of contractors? Because they've made the mindset shift to mean? learn how to work on their business. Yes, correct. Okay, I just wanted to, I wanted to catch that. Okay, so everybody listening, and we're going to move on to the next one, okay? Re- review and referral, okay, which is the fourth, okay? Because yeah. if you fucking blew it, if you blew it at number three as far as change orders, hey, don't worry about a review and referral. Actually, actually, you should worry about a review because if they one. give you a review, it's going to be shitty. Or bad, yeah. Totally. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, so let's talk about review and referral. Now that let's assume that they've, they've communicated with the clients. Okay. Um, and just, I know I segue sometimes off, but if you guys think we're full of shit, if you think like this is actually bullshit, um, scroll through the podcast, pick any one of the interviews we've done with clients. Okay. With champion CEOs. Okay. Uh, and people, you know, part of our family of, of contractors, you know, becoming champion CEOs. And listen to the numerical data. I raised my prices. I, on the last podcast that we interviewed, I doubled my freaking price. I did this. I did this. How is that possible? I'm going to tell you in a nutshell, and then let's get into this. Because most contractors are shitty. They're so bad at this stuff. The clients are, you know, prospects want to have this stuff in place as bad, if not more than you do, so that they can get what it is that they're asking for, right? Guys, totally. Like seriously, okay, okay. Review and referral. How do we go about doing that, dude? Like, when do you do it? At what part in the sales process or the job? Right, we've already landed the job. We're doing the work. Where? When do you do this? I mean, really, again, it should probably be earlier in the process, like explaining that you know, if you do a good job and the customer's happy, right, that you're going to ask them for a review, (laughs) so you can reference that when you are asking for the review at the end of the job. Okay, Mm. we're pre-framing it, right? So sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, okay. the easiest time to get the, the review and the referrals when the customer is super happy, right? Bingo. When they're paying you. Usually if they're usually if they're paying you, they're happy. Generally speaking. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. There are exceptions, but yes, but generally, right, if you're getting if you're getting that final payment, you're doing that walkthrough, right? That's that's when again they're most likely to to do that. Okay? And make it easy for them too, guys, right? Right, to make it a simple link. Hey, you just click this link, I'm gonna send it to you. Right, add it on the invoice. Like, just make it as easy as possible for them to give you that review, right? Why don't people, like even people that do ask for reviews, what are some of the reasons that they don't get them? Is it because of that, like they've made the path of least resistance the highest resistance? Uh, that's one thing. There's, they don't give them any, the customer any incentive to do it and they just, they don't, they, again, it's back to the sales thing. They don't follow up, right? <laughs> they, they send the link once and <laughs> think the person's just going to do it. <laughs> There's no follow-up involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like reality is you're probably going to have to follow up with the vast majority of people to get the review, right? Very few are going to do it on the spot. Okay, good. I'll challenge you to that one. To, to write a I'm sincere review? You, right? Yeah, you can yeah, go ahead. Okay, so... And by the way, guys, remember, we, we keep, I keep talking about the No Bullshit Podcast. This is not about, hey, Liam and I, like, let's check off all the boxes and not disagree. Of course, we're, guys, we're here to, like, literally together, the, the, maybe call bullshit on each other. It might not necessarily be bullshit, just maybe a different way of different looking opinion. at it. Okay? But yeah. regardless, that, it's different opinion, okay? That's how we're looking at this, okay? So here's an example. You guys might want to write this sucker down, okay? So one of the ways of getting a review, okay? is to get a result. And one of the best results is a result that they did not expect. So here's an example, okay? When you can over-deliver versus, you know, under-promise, over deliver. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, right? Under-promise, over-deliver, okay? It might go something like this, okay? How many fucking contractors don't clean up their job sites? How many times does somebody come in, especially electricians or drywallers or whatever the trade, and they leave fucking little, insulation, piece of insulation, underneath the goddamn carpet, all, all right, all this stuff, okay? So so whatever it is, okay? They don't clean up their shit, all the rest of it. Could you imagine, guys, and I'm just gonna use, 
you know, somebody might say, oh, but, uh, you know, I do big projects. I don't do service work. Okay, well, guess what? Either come to us and we'll help you give, give you the, the, the answers to it, okay? Um, or you're going to figure it out using this principle, okay? So here we go. It's a service call. Guy goes in, okay, or installing a, a, a re and re furnace, and the guy's about to finish the job, and he does something like this. Hey, Mrs. Jones, we're just going to clean up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that when we leave this job site, I'm going to do a walkthrough with you to make sure that it... Basically, totally. our mission, yeah, our mission per, um, you know, the owner, and maybe this is you, our mission is to make this so that it, it, it seems as if we were never here. And, and as a matter of fact, that the place is actually better, you know, better than, than when we came. Okay, Mr. Jones? So Jimmy's got the vacuum. We're cleaning things up. I'm going to do a walkthrough with you in a minute. So imagine this. They go down to the furnace, okay? They clean everything up. They vacuum. They fucking wipe down the furnace with a cloth. By the way, I'd love to hear any of you guys do freaking furnaces where you actually sit there with a bucket of water and wipe it down so there's no dust on the thing. You're like, what? Big deal? Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. Why? Because nobody else does that. Let's add another little thing to it. They go and stick on the side of the furnace a check mark. Okay, little simple check marks. Here's one to do the maintenance, Mrs. Jones. By the way, we've already timed, you know, so on this little thing, there's, they've already gone into a little tiny system. I don't know, called Google Calendar. Whoa, that's fucking expensive for free. And we have reminders so that we know when this furnace needs to be serviced. Now we do the walkthrough with Mrs. Jones. Now I might have, and Liam might have maybe another 10 or 15 little nuggets of gold here. Just go with those ones for now. Also, they do the walkthrough. Mrs. Jones, we're gonna do the walkthrough, okay? Mrs. Jones, it's really important that that you know not only do we get good re, good uh, um, re, uh, uh, reviews, okay? We want to create raving fans. In all honesty, so we've tried to go above and beyond, and I want to walk you through. Here's how the furnace works. We've cleaned this area up. We've got a checklist for you. We've already automatically put you in, no cost to uh, 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 a maintenance reminder. If you want to use us when that maintenance maintenance reminder comes up to come and you know, clean the furnace. That's great. You don't have to use us. Okay. But we just want to make sure that you do maintenance on it. Okay. Because you know, you've got a lot of things on your, you know, everybody's got a lot of things on their plate. So here's how it's going to work. Yada, yada, yada. Mrs. Jones is like, holy shit. Next level, completely next level. Okay. At that point is when you ask for a referral. Okay. At that point, you have to have other options as well. You're not always going to get a referral. Mrs. Jones is not going to just naturally think about yeah. anybody. You're not just going to get it. You know, right. Because you want it. Right. So what could you get? Let's start off with a testimonial. Right? Something that you know you can get. And then you can come back to it, you know, a few weeks later. Mrs. Jones, you might not be able to think about somebody right now. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to touch in with you. My team will touch in with you just to make sure the furnace is going uh, well. Okay. Make sure everything's still good. And we'll touch in with you, say, in a few weeks. And if, you, if somebody does come to, to mind, please let us know. What just happened there? We created a raving fan. We got a testimonial from somebody that we could do what? We could use on door knockers. We can use down the fucking road, blah, 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 okay, to get freaking more work out of it, okay? Plus, Mrs. Jones is like, yeah, man, thanks for following up with me two, three weeks later to make sure yeah. the furnace is great, right? Yeah, have a reason. And now Mrs. Jones yeah. is like, yeah, and you've given them time to think about it. Guys, how much would what I just covered off? Liam, how much would that cost for somebody to do? $0. Yeah, that's awesome. How many of you guys actually do this? You don't. Okay. By the way, Liam, what is the best person to review your team members? Your clients. They spend Son the of a of, bitch. They spend the most amount of time with them. Interesting. So not only do you get a testimonial, a potential referral, Guess what? You get a review of who? Your freaking team members and their quality of workmanship. Huge. Guys, tell me that can't help you during employee reviews. Guys, seriously, this is huge. But if you blew it in number one, two, or three, you're done. <laughs> you're done, dude. You're behind the eight ball, right? Like fucking... You can't win. It's so hard to come from behind, right? It's so far to come from behind. Isn't that true? It's so true, right? Uh, so Liam, anything else as far as them getting a, a review or a referral? Make it easy for them, low resistance, yeah, and right? Like, and it's, it's make some, make some them a raving fan. Right, like make it like some, people love incentives, guys. People pe- people are loss averse. Right? People hate the idea of potentially losing something. Like this is a very hardwired mm. human thing, right? So if you do 
something like, you know, com- on the invoice and all the links you send out, you know, complete this referral for a $50 Amazon gift card. Most people are like, I don't want to lose a $50 Amazon gift card. And that emotional drive outweighs the work of having to do the review, right? Mm-hmm. Right? What's a review worth to you? It's probably worth more than $50. I'm just saying it's an easy one. People love Amazon, right? So again, make it worth their while, but give them an incentive that's enough that they're going to go, man, I don't want to lose that. I might as well do that, right? And Liam, let me ask you this, just from a conversion rate perspective. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck on this one thing. I got We got to move on. But you tell me, imagine this is an Amazon $50 gift card. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do what you just said. That's a brilliant idea because that's that's systematic. It's 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 not so much people driven. It's already on there. It's a reminder. But Liam, let me ask you this. The fucking the the your your technician's on site. Right. He has the thing in his hand. Yeah. He puts it on the table. Right. What do people they do they want it to be removed off the table or left on the table? People hate losing things, right? So not gonna yeah. So beside the freaking Amazon thing that you haven't given it to them yet, you put it on the table. Is the what the form or 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 the iPad? I have an iPad with the, the review is. form. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go finish cleaning up. I'm gonna leave you for ten minutes. Let you do the review in peace. Come back. You know, we can settle up. Give you the gift card. You can, we can do payment on the iPad. Whatever, right? Oh, and then we're, and then I'll be out of your hair. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. I'll be back in ten minutes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Hey, and we've got two Amazon gift cards. We've got one that's 50 bucks, and we've got one that's 200 What? Oh, what do I do for well, the 200 a... Yeah. <laughs> that's for the VIPs. What's a VIP? I want to be a VIP. Oh, okay. Yes! Yeah, that's for people who sign up for our maintenance plan, right? Oh, how does that work? Well, you know, totally. now that we've put your HVAC in now, or plumbing or whatever, right? And now we've got to make sure that we have a service plan so that when, you know, something bad happens, right? We can get it fixed quickly, right? Because things happen, don't they, right? You've heard of that. Yeah. Totally. Look what Rick put in, Rick, our head of coaching. Who owns, uh, you know, who, like Harris Plumbing, right? What did they put in? They put in a, a program just like what you talked about. Now they've got what tons and tons of people signed up to this program, correct? Yeah, exactly. Right. Again, just make it as like like as Andrew would say, make it make it an irresistible offer, right? Like what's what's the person potentially losing, right? Guys, I love it. Okay, I love it. Liam, this is gold, man. Just just what we covered off now is gold. Okay, now we're wrapping this baby up with number five. Okay. Profit slicing. People are like, what in God's name are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, this is what other coaches aren't talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like a piece of pie, right, dude? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, tell us about that. So part part of, you know, really, let's say, developing and upgrading your sales process is really figuring out not only what's the easiest thing to sell or what you sell the most of, but what do you sell that makes you the most money, right? They're two very different things. There are some things that are very easy to sell. And the reason they're easy, they're easy to sell <laughs> because they don't make you money. And that's why people are buying it, right? Oh, dude, that was well. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. There are some things that are very easy to sell. And the reason oftentimes that they're easy to sell is that they don't really make any money, right? Like selling on price? Yeah, or just selling a service that's very undervalued, right? Like that you, you're you woefully undercharging, right? And the reason why you're selling so many of these things, right, whether it's a bathroom remodel or whatever it is, is that your price is so out of whack with the market in a low sense that people are like, man, that's like, I can't afford not to buy that, right? <laughs> the inverse is true of what we just discussed, right? Where the price is too good, then too many people will buy it. And then you have a different problem of not having any profits, right? So for a lot of us, like I said, um, we sell a lot of things, right? And we like to be all things, all people. We like to help people, which is fundamentally a good thing. But at the end of the day, for most of us, there's going to be like three to five things that we do or offer in terms of like types of work that really actually like that make us money, that drive our profits. So as we're doing this, as we're selling these jobs, we're completing them, it's super important, right? And this is where we get the feedback from the team to look at these jobs and analyze them and go, did this job actually make us money, right? Because it might have went well. It might have been a great project. The customer might have been super satisfied. Um, it might be like a great photo, you know, before and after to put on your Instagram, but all of that is completely irrelevant if the job didn't make any money, right? Interesting. You know, a lot of people would be, if they just dialed in to just this part, like they skipped ahead, they would think, I thought they were talking about sales yeah. and it, it's like, well, well, yeah, guys, you, what you like, what Liam is saying is gold in the sense that, you know, I drew this little, you know, diagram it looks like a bad pie okay like a bad diagram bad pie chart. but it, yeah if it, yeah pie chart exactly pie chart dude right it's a pie 
If you don't know, okay, where you're at from a profitability perspective per service, how will you ever know what to market and what to sell? Okay? You because won't. too many contractors, tell me, Liam, how many contractors actually are selling shit that is not profitable? 90 plus percent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Give it, give me, give me, uh, do you have a, a, a client that you've coached that, that where this was happening? Every, I think every single person who's ever joined any one of our programs has raised their price. Like there's the, the outliers would be people who didn't because most likely they were the outliers of, they were already really well priced and charging a lot, or they just like by dumb luck, they happen to be charging correctly, but it's, it's like, it's the exception, you know, mm. right. Mm. Vast majority of people, um, just are not charging enough. And this is the beauty of sales. And that when you start to track the stuff, guys, you start to see like your conversion rate, and what you're selling your projects for, and you start to improve these processes, you start to realize, hey, like I can actually charge more and I can actually convert less and make more money, or I can keep my conversion rate and still increase my prices, right? And really um, amplify my profits. Cause again, you're adding a process, you're confident, you're, you know, you have data and all of a sudden this is what allows people to truly scale their business. Like what, what holds most people back aside from obviously the systems and, and the team from really growing their business is just knowing if they're actually making money and that the work they're selling is profitable. Okay, so I'm going to add a new little baby to this. You ready, dude? All right. Here we go. And, and this data will often, will often shock you guys. Like, and where we see this is, this is like a really common one where um, you know, someone will join our program. Uh, specifically, I'm going to say more the coaching program, right? The Champion CEO program. Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm selling like, you know, $300,000 additions. I did like, you know, I got all these jobs lined up, right? I got these big projects. Okay, cool. And then we get into it and we go, hey, like, did you know, or right? Like maybe they're on a call with, with Shauna or me or Jay, or they're on one of the group sessions, right? And it's like, hey, did you know that like that $50,000 bathroom you did, it actually made you like 24% net profit? Like it made you $11,000? Whoa. And that that $300,000 project that you did, right? Big, like a lot more complexity, a lot more moving parts, a lot more people, right? A lot more materials and invoices and subcontractors just way more complex right you know you actually only made you know nine percent net profit right so twenty seven thousand dollars so proportionately right you're actually losing money because you could do in that same amount of time four of those bathrooms right and actually make more profit totally dude so let me let me elaborate on what liam's saying here okay i put pspp what the fuck like what pspp never heard of it, it right yeah, a profitable, a profitable sales people process. So what the hell does that mean? Listen, guys, be clear on this. The more that you can get salespeople selling profitable products, okay, then the more that you can do what? You can pay salespeople to more. sell more profitable products. Like what? Uh, yes, if salespeople are driven not just by sales, but by the profitability of what they're selling, I'm gonna tell you right now, that's a fucking game changer, okay? The profitability of what they're selling. How many of your salespeople, including you, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't hear hardly anybody on sales podcasts and all the rest of this fucking stuff. I'm not bashing people, I'm just saying, they don't think of profits. It's the mindset, right? You wanna have salespeople, like we're working with McGrath, right? Like plumbing company, big plumbing company, and he's got all these salespeople, four or five salespeople, and the guys are like, sell, 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 sell. Peter, you know, uh, bred into their brains, sell more, sell more, sell more. But that subtle little difference is a massive impact. It's like you are to sell more of the profitable products. Then what? Then he can pay his sales guys more. Then he's making more Investing in profits. better marketing, right? Like you can afford to pay for better marketing to attract better customers. We'll pay for those things, right? Totally. Actually, you know totally. what? It's funny because <laughs> I'm thinking back. This is like a light bulb. When I, when I was doing like my first sales job was door-to-door -door sales. And I remember that when we sold, and everything was 100% commission. When we sold lawn aeration, we would get, I think, 50, like 15 or 20% commission, right? On the lawn aeration, which it was like, it was like nothing. It was like 30 or 40 bucks. It was like a joke, right? Yeah. But if we, if we sold a maintenance plan and like the dethatching and cross-seeding and overfeeding, he'd pay us 50% commission. The only reason he was able to do that is he knew that the profit yeah. on that type of work was like way higher and that he could afford to give us way more commission, right? And so what do you think happened, right? All of a sudden the top guys 
were were basically just crazy outselling the maintenance plans, right? Because Ben had incentivized everybody to do it, right? Okay. Well, and Ben had realized then he had a problem. They didn't, the, they didn't have the crews actually do the. Ma- they had like another problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. But but <laughs> we, dude, we, we broke he his business. Understood, <laughs> he understood what's called lifetime value. Okay. Yeah. So he was selling re- repeatable business. Everybody, we're not going to get deep into that. But think about service plans. Every single one of you contractors out there, I don't give a shit if you're insulation. I don't care if you're framer. I don't care if you're HVAC matter. plumbing. They're, it doesn't matter. There is some form of service, okay, that needs to be given on the products that you sell, okay? And that is probably the biggest goal that you can ever have because the more face time that you give in front of your, that you create to have in front of uh, prospects, by the way, the best prospect is the past client. Right, Liam? Easiest person. Who's going who's gonna to give you money? The person's already given you money right now, right? Totally, guys. Totally. Okay. And it all comes back to ensuring that you've got a profitable, you got profitable salespeople with a process. Okay. And, and if you don't, so if somebody was to say right now, let's just start wrapping this up with like two or three things, how they could start this, you know, this profitable process, how how would this profit slice and what would be two or three, two or three things for them to do, Liam? I mean, simplest one, right. Is just, you you just got to do some basic job costing basic tracking, right? Like at the end of that job, yes. right? What do we spend on labor? What do we spend on material? What do we quote, right? Are we on or are we off? What did we quote? What did the salesperson quote? How did they quote it? And is it in line with how the job actually performed? Yeah, and it went, right? Like, yeah, this is really simple stuff, guys. You don't need fancy systems. You just need like your receipts, your online banking, QuickBooks, you know, a spreadsheet. Like, again, if you, you can come up with all the reasons in the world not to do this, make all the excuses, right? You know, yep. I can probably find a laundry probably list. with probably within about a I think it's like a 30 minute training within about yeah. a 30 or less minute training that we have. Our clients are able to go, holy shit, I can take this template. I can use it right now. Right. Even on the current jobs that they have to go. Am I progressing the profit? Where am I at? Yeah. Where 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 was I at regarding the jobs I finished within like 30 yeah, yeah, no, minutes totally. or less? Right. Yeah. And what what's usually the case, guys, what we find is this is that. Usually the jobs you think that are making you money or that you like to do or that are easiest to sell are usually the ones that aren't making us the profit. And usually it's the jobs that we don't like or we think are stupid or, you know, oh, like uh, those jobs are small and annoying. Usually those are the ones making us money, right? Is that interesting, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We tend to go to things that That give us some form of the wrong form of gratification, okay? Yeah. If you're, you know, unless you're moving yourself into a set of lenses as a champion, champion CEO to see what it is you truly need to see, which is usually the stuff you're not seeing right now, which is usually the stuff you're uncomfortable, comfortable about, you're going to see the shit. Okay. And you're actually right. Uh, you're going to be seeing the shit and you're not even going to know it's the shit. And actually you're going to be looking at it as gold and like, let's do more of it. It's like, what the, are you nuts? Right. So let's start wrapping this up, dude. We covered off lead flow, deal flow, workflow. Give us sort of the this the three part series. Give us sort of your Coles Notes version of like, you know, your insights on these three phases from a like next steps perspective for somebody listening. What would you recommend? Somebody's listening and they're like, "Holy shit, man! I need to get better at lead flow. I need to get better at deal flow and workflow. I need to get better at all these things. I'm a little bit overwhelmed." What would you say to them? I think I'd say what we always say to everybody is just start at the beginning. That's usually the easiest thing to do, right? Just start at the beginning of the process and pick one thing to work on and work on that first and get it done and move on to the next, right? There's Mm -hmm. probably things in each of these buckets you need to work on. Cool. Like you'll get to that in time. But if you work on things out of order, you're going to get like your result is going to be out of order or it's not going to be the best result possible. So start at the beginning. and And if lead flow you find out is actually really, you know, stable and good, quick, awesome, you get on a deal flow. And then maybe that's where the breakdowns are, right? But if you start at deal flow and there's things from lead flow that you're not fixing, right? You're just gonna keep having the same issues at deal flow because you didn't treat the root cause, you just dealt with the symptom, right? So again, guys, go back to the beginning, work through it, you know, step by step. Don't work out of order, do it sequentially. You don't have to solve it all at once and ask for help, right? Get your team involved, you know, get your bookkeeper. Okay, so, right? so, so they do that, they're still struggling. Yeah. Is there any is there any suggestions you'd have for them to raise their hand to get help somehow? Yeah, it, on listen, our end listen if, if you're like, you can't watch yourself swing, guys, right? Like, you can't, right? Like Tiger Woods doesn't just get it. Like his his coach doesn't just give him a PDF, right? Going, hey man, these are all the ten <laughs> the ten things I want you to do. 
I'll be back in two weeks, you know, chill on the car crashes and the hookers and we'll pick up we'll pick up the golf game in two weeks, right? His, oh dude, that was awesome. His coach his coach goes, Hey, these are the ten things we're gonna do. Here's the days I want you to do them. Here's how you're gonna do it. Call me if you have any questions, we're course correct, right? Like that's why he pays his like he has like seven coaches. He pays them millions of dollars. Same thing with They your hold them accountable as well, right? And to course correct them when you're going off course, right? right. Hey man, yeah, like totally. just you gotta you gotta change that because that's not gonna work for you, right? So the same thing, guys, if you're struggling with this and you just like you just don't know where to start or you're like, literally, I have none of this, I don't I don't even know, then the four easiest ways we can help you guys, pretty simple. Number one, you know, like, like and subscribe and follow this podcast because we're going to be covering a lot of this stuff. Number two, go to our Facebook group, Contractor Tips, right? Talk to the other contractors and coaches in there because guess what, guys? You're not the only one struggling with this. <laughs> There's thousands of people who are dealing with this as well, right? So get the and, we, and we're in there, by the way. Like, yeah, like oh, the team, we, the we coaches, team right? Our, our, our right. members, right, like, are, are, who are doing well, you know, give back and support and mentor and train the people coming up, right? Like, like it's a, it's an abundant mindset. It's a family vibe in there. Uh, and it costs them how much? Zero dollars. It costs us a lot to run the group. It costs them zero dollars. Now, that's, again, all well and good. But, like, listen, some things, guys, you know, they can't wait. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, right, like, what is the cost of not fixing this problem? Like, you know, how long has it been going on for, right? What's really at risk? What's really at stake here? And if that's the case, then, you know, you can do all the research you want. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. You can talk to everybody in the world, but ultimately you got to just get some, get some insights and take action. So mm-hmm. click the button in the podcast. Um, just go to, again, to go to the group or message us on Facebook or Instagram and we can have a chat. And, and usually pretty quickly we can dial in, you know, because we do this all day, right? Kind of like doctors, you know, where the real issue is, right? Because again, you'll go to the doctor and you go, yeah, I got this problem and you can't explain to me what's happening. Cool. Yeah, that's like that's the symptom. The real problem is that you're doing this. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, does this hurt? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. You have this problem. Oh, okay. So what do I need? Here's what you need to do. Right? You need to rest for two weeks. Go on these meds. Cool. Right? We can we do the same thing to your business. So go to the Facebook group or just message us right here on Facebook or Instagram, um, or shoot us an email infoprofitforcontractors.com. And again, maybe we can help you guys. Maybe we can't. We don't know. Right? Um, I'm not sure. You know, if we can until we talk to you guys. And if we can, we'll explain how things work and, you know, maybe you guys want to go to the next level. Again, guys, you don't know what you don't know, right? And just like mm-hmm. people ignore going to the doctor and then the problem gets worse and all of a sudden the medicine, right, the well, treatment well, is now well, worse the way, than the by, problem. By the way, before, before, yeah, before <laughs> right? you go any further, yeah. before you go any further, let's, let's just be real for like 60 seconds. What is the shit that's at, at risk here, dude? I mean, I don't want to go, listen, I don't want to, I'm not the kind of person to scare people. Because that's not good. No, I, no. Like, I, seriously, let's no. talk. Let's talk on the personal side. I think the biggest. I think the biggest thing here, for most people, is that they're just working too hard for too little. Like guys, working yeah. hard is non-negotiable. Like everybody works hard. That's like the minimum bar. Like there's how many single moms are out there working their butt off, right? Mm-hmm. People who actually work hard and see the the fruits of their labor. That is a very small amount of people, guys. Right. That's a very tiny subset of people. Okay. And unfortunately, like Andrew said, you know, the things that got you to where you are are not going to get you to the next level. And if you're just Mm -hmm. working too hard for too little, and that can be in every respect, that can be your profit, that can be your time, that can be, you know, how your family is getting impacted. It could be, you know, how you're showing up for your people. But if you're working too hard for too little, then fundamentally, you probably need to change something. And like I said, like, you, you know, like the people in Africa, you know, digging gold out of the ground, they're working hard. Doesn't mean they have a good life, right? So you you have to then apply the mindset of the person you want to be. So if you want to be successful, if you want to figure this stuff out, you have to start thinking of the mindset, right, of a successful person. Someone who's fat or someone who's on drugs, they don't get skinny or get off drugs by thinking with the same mindset they have. They start to adopt the mindset of the skinny person, right? The mindset of the sober person. So if that's you right now, right, and you're, you're in the mindset of, being a tradesperson or a contractor, which is okay, and you don't want to adopt the mindset of this, which is the business owner, right, of the critical thinker, then yeah, you're just going to keep working hard for very, very little. And that's just unfortunate because again, um, as you guys can see what we've been talking about, it's very easy to do more with less, right? And not have to do all that hard work. Mm-hmm. And when you can combine, like Andrew's saying, like Peter and, you know, and Doug and Rebecca and everybody, when you combine the working hard with the working smart, that's when you can really take your business to the next level. And guys, we practice what we preach, right? Like me and Andrew worked very hard for, for a very long time not seeing results, right? That's also part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to temper your expectations and know that, you know, it's going to come. But if mm-hmm. you've been doing this for 10 years and you're like, man, like 
I'm just getting nothing out of this business, then like you either got to close the business down and hang it up or make a change. Because guess what? It's not going to just fix itself overnight. As Andrew says, this. hope okay. is not a plan, right? It's not going to work. Yeah, hope is the worst goddamn plan you can ever have. Okay? Um, so, guys, look, take this stuff, apply it. Um, you know, if you've made it this far in the podcast, pat yourself on the back because most people don't even take the fucking time to, to listen Show to up. this stuff and yeah. try and, and better themselves. So you showed up. Yeah. That's like one of the biggest attributes of a champion CEO is they freaking show up even when they don't want to show up. Even if you're listening to this going, I don't want to hear any more of this, but I kept on listening. You're on your fucking pathway to being a champion CEO. Okay. One step at a time. Okay. So guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed another no bullshit podcast uh, for contractors. And like Liam says, you've been given the insights of where to take the next steps. Uh, take them. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and let's, let's get this business to the next level. Thanks brother. Peace guys. Ciao. We'll do a part four. <laughs> hey rockstar i hope that you enjoyed that one i mean if you did like this podcast leave a review leave a comment you know this will help us a lot to keep you bringing the gold keep help allowing you to delegate dominate and deliver so you can take your contracting business to the next level now make sure you subscribe get the latest teachings and insights and we will see you back here for another no bullshit podcast no seriously <laughs>